Happy Sabbath. I hope you're excited to be here. I am a little excited. It's only that I have something to do here. Uh, happy Father's Day if you are a father. And my brothers, uh, happy Father's Day too. I'm so honored to be here. Uh, this is my church. I have grown spiritually here, and I praise God for that. Uh, we have pastors in here. Pastor Gonzalez, can you raise your hand, Pastor? We got Pastor Delim on the other side, and we got Pastor Dr. Muga right here. So this church does not lack preachers. We have a lot of preachers in this tabernacle. This morning I have a message, uh, a message for uh, the present day time. Uh, it, is, uh, it is exciting uh, to be alive uh, in these times. Uh, thank God for Sabbath because every Sabbath is richer than the Sabbath before. So we praise God for that. I have people that I wanted to say thank you. Uh, thank you, Megan. Uh, the song you were singing is very touching. A good, good father. And I want to say happy Father's Day to all ladies again. Um, Sister Queen, thank you for a wonderful music. And I want to say to all my mothers in here, uh, thank you, mothers. I want to say to all the elders here, thank you very much. And I want to say, um, who else want to say something to? Um, yes, to my wife. Thank you so very much for putting up with me for all these years. A story of a woman uh, who loved her husband. But he got sick, and then he went to the doctor. And the doctor had to run a battery of tests, and then he told the man to go home, and he was going uh, to call him with the results. And the phone call came to the house, and the doctor was ready to tell him of his findings. Uh, but the man, uh, he did ask the doctor and say, would you mind uh, to give the results to my wife? So uh, he was too scared to go get his results. So the doctor said, sure, sure, you can come and you can send your wife. She can do this. And the wife went in and sit with the doctor. And he said to the wife, listen, your husband has an incredible rare problem. The disease your husband is suffering is, is a little different. And, uh, and he said to the wife, listen, your husband uh, needs the following things. Unless this is done, your husband is going to die. And the doctor said, 
your husband needs regular home cooked meals. He needs, your husband needs frequent love making and just a lot of extra TLC uh, for tender loving care. You really need to do these things in order for your husband not to die. But then, you know, the husbands are not excited here. <laughs> so the doctor says, unless these things uh, happen, your husband is going to die. But I need to let you know that the the couple had a really good relationship and the woman was sitting in there and she got stunned. And she said, my Lord, are you serious, doctor? And he said, serious, this is a fact. And now, as she was driving home, thinking, oh, I can't believe this. She gets home and her husband was sitting on the sofa. Uh, he said, I guess I have to know sooner or later, what did the doctor say? And she went quiet for a little bit, then she said, oh, honey, you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank uh, Brandon for reading this scripture, reading from 2 Kings uh, chapter 5. Uh, and the main focus of the verse is verse, uh, verse 14. Uh, we have, in my family, I want to talk a little bit just about uh, being a man and being a father. Before I go to my sermon, I'll be honest with you, the time is 12.32. I am not the reason for delay. Uh, the church just starts late. It's 12.32. I'm just standing up here. I want to put this disclaimer uh, to some of you who look at your time. But then, in my home, I've been shipwrecked. I borrow these words from Paul. I've been shipwrecked. Uh, he said, if you want to see the legitimacy of my ministry, look at everything I'm going through and how it uh, is bringing me through. I've been in prison more frequently. I've been flogged more severely. I've been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rocks. Once I was stoned. Uh, three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger from the city, in danger from the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false brothers. I have labored and I have toiled and gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst I've gone without food. I've been cold and naked. And you don't have all that. And you hear people reading quickly say, Honey, I'm just like Paul. No, you're not. 
He said, whatsoever state I find myself, he's not talking about Texas or California. He's talking about situations that came to him. You have not been out of Texas, so this does not apply to you. Don't read so fast. Now, the message we have this morning comes from the book. I told you, uh, the book of 2 Kings. Why do you suppose that as sophisticated and educated and mature as we are, we would rather choose suicide rather than to accept the gracious healing that come from our Savior? Do you think we can cure the sickness of society out of our own resources? People want to be served, but they want to be served on their own terms. There's nobody who really wants to be lost. There's nobody who really wants to go to hell. Now, there are many who, uh, when you suggest that they may end up in hell, they really get angry with you. Nobody wants to go to hell. But they want to be served on their own terms. You know, we just don't like to follow directions. We will go to the doctor, and he will give us a prescription. We take it to the pharmacist, and the pharmacist will fill it up and give us directions so we can read it. And we will read and understand what the doctor said. Take one, three times a day. And I never couldn't understand why I would take one pill three times a day. Instead of taking uh, three pills a day, I said, I think I know what the doctor is trying to say. <laughs> Haven't you done that? I've done that many times. If he tells you to take one in the morning, well, I can take it in the noon. I can take it before I go to sleep. Because you do, we don't just like to follow directions. We can see a sign that says wet paint, you know, and there's something in us that just want to touch it and see. We want to have our own way about it. We want to go to heaven. We want to be served according to what we think. So I'm here to tell you that the robe of righteousness is not altered to fit the man. The man has to be altered to fit the robe. Do you know there are people who don't want to play by the rule? Or somebody thinks that he can have his way in everything. They think that the rules ought to be changed just to, to suit him. Now, the kingdom of God, salvation will be first base to those who understand sports. Baptism and uniting with the church will be second base. The Christian service will be third base, and you have to get to third base before you can come home. Now, you can see a fellow wanting to leave home plate 
and go straight to second base. You know he's out, don't you? Well, we think that we can do that in church. The Lord tells us to believe on the Lord and be baptized, and thou shalt be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And we all say, oh, I believe in the Lord, but I'm not ready for baptism. And there are some who go and get baptized before they are saved. They unite with the church for a lot of reasons. They will miss the first base and go straight to second base. If you do that on the, bus, on the baseball diamond, even though you come in home standing, the empire is going to say you are. But then you're going to jump around and say, why, 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 why? And he's going to tell you, because you did not go to the first base. People want to have their way in everything. Now, in this text, Naaman spent a fortune trying to find the cure. And when he heard of the cure, it was so simple until he almost bypassed looking for something else. Oh, there are a lot of people who want to make coming to the Lord so difficult. They want to hear a certain thing. They want to hear a certain uh, weird experience. Each one of us, as an individual, and the Lord deals with us as individuals. I come to the Lord as Stuart Guatura, and you come as you are. There is no need for hearing somebody else's testimony, and then you say, when I get saved, I, I want to be just like that. No, we have preconceived notions about being saved. We plan it, we sit down, and figure it out. And it's going to be like that. But if you read the book of 2 Kings, chapter 5, from verse 1, the verse 1 will tell you that Naaman, as you know, was a prominent soldier. I'm talking about people who are gifted, and sometimes we miss a mark. Naaman was a prominent soldier. He was a leader in the Syrian army. He was the captain of the king of Assyria's host. He was powerful. He was handsome. He was attractive. He was a great man with his master. And he was honorable because God used him to give deliverance to Syria. Oh, he was a mighty man in valor. He was respected by men and women and children. And I suspect when he went down the streets, the boys on the playground would say, when I grow up, I'll just want to be like Mr. Naaman. He was well respected. But the Bible says he was a leper. Every individual without Christ is a leper. Any individual who thinks that he can have his own way Disregard the word of the Lord and have his own way is a leper. Lest we forget, without Christ, you are a leper.
Modern men are knowledgeable, they are mighty in intelligence, and they are mighty in capacity, but they are not whole and sound in soul. They seem to have been no cure way name and lived. There was a shadow on the whole family. His wife was heartbroken by this disease that comes to an army general, a man who so respected, and he, then he looks and he has leprosy. He's gifted, but he has leprosy. We have lepros in church. Sometimes we are gifted and we want to have things our own way. And God is saying, I'm not a respecter of any man. I will give you time to look at me. The cooks in the house of Mr. Naaman, they had him uh, as a conversation. His children couldn't understand it that the father had leprosy. The cooks uh, used it for a topic of conversation. His friends kept their distance from him. You see, when you are sick, your friends kind of go away. All of the shields on his walls and the trophies from foreign conquest and all the medals of honor could do him no good because at this point he was sick. He was sick with a disease that back in the day nobody would want to be close to you. But Mr. Naaman had to learn a lesson. He had so much pride about all the things that he could do and all the respect that he gets in the community. But help is always available. But you have to know where to get it. The hour of mercy is now. Perhaps you think your condition is beyond repair. But I have come to tell you, you can be saved. And possibly you will hear somebody ask, can a leopard change his spot? No, he cannot, but God can. If you are a sinner, you can become a saint. If you are broken, you can be mended. If you are doubting, you can be trusting. If you are in sorrow, you can be rejoicing. Now, there are some incurable diseases, diseases that we cannot cure, but sin is not one of them. Though your sins be as scarlet, they can be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they can be white as wool. Now, in, many, in Naaman's household, there was a maiden. This is the lady who made me speak about this story today. This little girl who was a slave in Naaman's house. She played a role and nobody sees what sort of hospitality, the gift that she heard. Now in Naaman's household, this lady uh, who was taken from Israel and she was placed in Naaman's house to be the maid of Mrs. Naaman. Now this little girl could have been bitter. Uh, she could have said, well, they took me from my homeland without my permission. 
and against my will. And I'm going to retaliate. But no, no, she had, she had love in her heart. She had so much love in her heart. And when she saw the condition that Naaman was in, she said, Woo to God that my Lord were with the prophet in Samaria, for he could recover him of his leprosy. Oh, that's a gift, ladies and gentlemen. This girl, she doesn't even have a name in the Bible. She's just, she was, we are just given that she was a little girl who uh, was torn away from her homeland and brought into Syria. And she was placed into Naaman's house to be the maid of Mrs. Naaman. That's the whole story about this girl. And yet she played a vital role in the recovery of Mr. Naaman. And she told the mistress, Mrs. Naaman, I know somebody in Israel. I know somebody in Samaria who could heal my master of this disease. You know, and when the word got to the king, he said, if there is a cure uh, anywhere, I'll see to it that Naaman gets it because Naaman was a very respectable man. And the king of Assyria wrote a letter to the king of Israel, giving him Naaman's medical history and sent him on his way. He sent him with 10 talents of silver, 6,000 pieces of gold, and they tell me, according to the present day money market, it's now worth more than a million dollars. Naaman was looking for a cure. You see, when you are sick, you do everything to gain back your health. Money doesn't mean anything to a sick man. A sick man wants to feel better. Now Naaman thought the cure will be expensive. That's what Naaman thought. He thought the cure will be, talk to me, the cure will be expensive. That's what he thought. But now he found out it's, it's free. It is free. He, he, he went with 10 talents of silver, 6,000 pieces of gold, only to get there, and he's told the cure is it's free. It's free. It's free. It's free. The remedy for sin is, is free. The remedy for sin is free. Always free to everybody. Well, salvation is free, but it's not cheap. It doesn't cost the sinner anything, but it cost God his only begotten son. The, this is a gift of God. All you have to do is receive it with the hand of faith. Naaman thought that it would be expensive, and then he thought it would take a little while, so he took 10 changes of raiment. He had some extra baggage. You know, you can't blame him, he was a sick man, he had leprosy, and uh, you are unclean, and nobody wants you close to you. That's why I told you that his family was heartbroken, his children didn't understand it, and all his servants, he became a subject during their chores. 
and all the friends, they kept their distance away from him. It was not by choice. So he took 10 changes of raiment. He went down Samaria, and when he got there, he went to the king of Israel, presented his letter. And when the king read the letter, he was distraught. He stripped off his garments and began to say, this man knows that nobody can cure another man leprosy. What he's trying to do, pick a quarrel? He just want to have something to accuse me of. And when the prophet Elisha heard, the king ripped his clothes. He said, send me the leper that they might know that there is a prophet in Israel. I want to let you know that there is a prophet right here. You know, the presence of God. The Holy Spirit is in this place. So when you hear, surrender everything to his care. So that when you leave this place, you'll never be the same. And then when Naaman went to the prophet's house, there with his chariots and his horses and servants, he pulled up in front of the door and possibly sent a servant and said, the VIP is out here. Tell the prophet, tell the preacher that Mr. Naaman is out here. You see, Naaman expected that there was going to be a heavenly band marching. The heavenly band was going to march and welcome him. But no, it didn't happen like that. I don't know what the prophet was doing, but I'm glad that he didn't even go out. The prophet did not go out. He just sent his word. You just tell Naaman to go and watch seven times in Jordan. And he'll be healed. He'll be clean. Naaman, when they're thinking he's got to pay money, now it's free. All he needs to do is to go to Jordan. Just to go to Jordan and you'll be clean. Oh, there's a very simple thing. That's a very, very simple thing to do. And that's a simple prescription. One is heaven's unit number. Three is heaven's sacred number. I know you don't know about this, so you better listen. Three is sacred number. Seven uh, is heaven's number of completion. God made heaven and earth in six days and rested on the seventh day. The walls of Jericho didn't fall until Joshua and his army marched seven times. Elijah seven went out are scanning the skies, looking for rain six times to no avail. But that seventh time, he came back with a report. I see a cloud just about the size of a man's hand. Oh, so the prophet told him, go wash in Jordan seven times. Now, any child would have known where Jordan was. And any child would have gone down in Jordan and washed. But no, that's, not, that's too simple to Naaman. Naaman is a very complicated man. That's why he took himself with money and servants. He was about, he wanted to see the prophet doing something amazing. 
But no, the prophet did not even come outside to shake his hand. This military general, somebody who's very talented, the prophet had no time for him to just come out and shake his hand. Naaman got angry. He got angry with that. If you read your Bible very well, you know that's not so simple for Naaman. So he got angry. Your salvation, your salvation here isn't what the pastor does. Your salvation isn't what the pastor does or the missionary. No. Or the person who's trying to lead you. So Naaman says, I thought surely that he will even do me the courtesy to come to me and greet me. But the prophet of God did not do that. No, he didn't do that. He's just telling me to go and wash in Jordan. And I know Jordan is muddy. And if it's a matter of washing in water, why can't I wash in Abna and Papha, the rivers of Damascus, and be clean? Read it in your Bible. But that wasn't what he told you to do. You know, the servants had to reason with an army general. I'm talking about the man who's so gifted and has won many wars and won respect from his king, from his master. And everybody in the street, they respect Mr. Naaman. I told you before, all the children, as they grow up, they wanted to be like Mr. Naaman. But no, Mr. Naaman, salvation is too difficult. He wants it his own way. But the prophet of God says, no, I will not play your game. But that wasn't what he told you. He, the servants had to reason with him. He told you, master, master, he told you to go wash in Jordan. You know, there's just no substitute for salvation. And there's no way you can go around the Lord Jesus and be served. There's only one way to be served, brothers and sisters, lest you forgot Jesus is Lord. The servants began to reason with Mr. Naaman, put yourself in, your sh in Naaman's shoes. You are Naaman today, and the servants are reasoning with you. And one of the servants says, because Naaman, as angry as he was, I can see Naaman turning his chariot around. And I can see a blue streak from his profanity. Let's get away from here. This prophet is not hospitable. But the servant said, Master, just think a little bit. You know, sometimes help comes from people that you cannot even imagine. Master, just think a little bit. If the prophet had told you to do some difficult thing, you would have been found doing that. If he told you to give him a fee, if he told you to pay, master, you would have been doing that. But he simply told you, go and wash seven times in Jordan. What part of that you don't understand? Now, what you, master, would you rather do? What would you rather do, master? Would you rather go on in your pride with your leprosy? Would you rather go on with your pride? Would you rather go on with your gossip? Would you rather on, go on with your sickness, hatred? Would you rather go on, master? 
Would you rather do that? Would you rather not do what the prophet told you to do? Naaman says, well, all right. If that's the case, come on. Come on, let's go down to Jordan. And when he got there, possibly he asked. It's missing Naaman. He asked, well, where is the bathroom? No, there's no bathroom in Jordan. You just go in and wash. And then he said to the servant, what kind of a towel am I going to dry with? Don't worry about that. You just go wash in Jordan. Well, he went down there to Jordan, and the Bible says that he dipped himself. He went down the first time, and that first duck is willingness. Whosoever will, let him come. And then he went down the second time, and the second time is humility. You got to humble yourself before the Lord. He went down the third time, and that third duck is belief. He that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He went down the fourth time, the fourth time, and that fourth duck was faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. He went down the fifth time, and that fifth duck is trust. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. He went down the sixth time. That sixth duck is repentance. You have to turn from sin and self and turn to the Savior. Oh, he went down the seventh time. And that seventh time is obedience. When he came up that seventh time, he looked at his hands and he looked at his feet. Oh, he was clean. Well, 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 when he went down that seventh time, he was sick. But when he came up, he was healed. When he went down that seventh time, he was, he was muddy. But when he came up, he was clean from his leprosy. Oh, but when he came up, he was healed. When he went down that same time, he was spotted. But when he came up, he was smooth from leprosy. He was wet, but he was well. He was muddy, but he was clean. He was still handsome, the same height, but he was humble. He still the same height, but he had been made whole. Oh, what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came in my heart. Oh, yes, I did not have physical leprosy. Somebody is telling me, oh, yes, I do not have physical leprosy. I didn't have spots on my skin, but I had sin in my heart. Yes, I did. And sin in my soul, yes, I did. And I had hatred in my heart, yes, I did. I hated other people. I went around talking about they are holding me back and they are holding me down. And I was bitter, oh, but when the Lord came into my heart, you see, I heard about a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins where sinners can plunge beneath the flood and lose all 
their guilty stand. I tell you, I went down the first time, and when I came up, there was new hope. New hope was born in my heart. I went down the second time, will and faith was rewarded. I went down the third time, redemption became the order of the day. I went down the fourth time, and justification received a hearing. I went down the fifth time, and sanctification took rightful place. I went down the sixth time, and holiness was enthroned in my heart. I went down the seventh time, and when I came up, grace had done his work. Oh, what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought. Yes, I'm talking about I'm served. Yes, I'm talking about I'm served. Because I've been through the baptism pool, I'm not talking about once served, always served. I'm just talking about what God has done for me in my life. And I hope you also have gone through that place and you can claim that you are served. To God be the glory, it's one or three. I could say a little more things, but I have to sit down. May God bless his reading. Amen, brother. I just was in awe. <laughs> it reminded me that God must increase and we must decrease so that God will use us in mighty ways. Shall we all stand for our closing song, Joy By and By, hymn number 430. Joy, there'll be joy by and by. 
Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for leading us and direct us to a safe place. Be with us forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen.